first official start, pre-launch, whatever you want to call it, for Thrive Church. And so it's really exciting for me. And it's really exciting maybe for some of you. And if the podium's the only thing, the problem that we have this morning, we're doing really good. My biggest problem is my nose. Ellie told me, she said, Dad, you need to go pop that zit. And I said, it's not that big of a deal. And I went in and I was trying to fix the problem. And I scratched my nose and now I have a bigger problem. And even a lady I just met for the first time just asked me, she's like, what's wrong with your nose? So I know it's, it's worse than I expected. Here's what I want to do for the next few weeks starting today. I want us to specifically focus on shattered. Because I believe people are trying to put life back together their way instead of God's way. And I want to talk to you about how to put life back together God's way. And I want to start it off this morning or this afternoon. Hey, thank God it's afternoon. Let's sleep in a little bit. I want to start off with fractured faith because here's the reality. What causes us the break is not always obvious. What happens in our life when it comes to faith is not always obvious when it starts to fracture and things don't always look right. Here's the reality. For many people, they're walking around with a fractured life and they can't necessarily see what's going on. For those around them can't see what's going on on the outside, but what's on the inside is very evident to that person that is suffering from those things that are fractured in their life. The fractures in the life of a Christian often start, by the way, that could happen because we're in the library, you might get an announcement. So if, uh, if you got a late book, you might have to leave in just a minute. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, but the fractures in a life of a Christian often start with our faith. It, it's... It's our faith that doesn't always turn out the way we want it to. I want you to focus on this. Faith is the most powerful thing you have outside of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God. It's a powerful gift from God. And the fact of the matter is, in Hebrews chapter 11, it's what pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what we do with our faith is so important. It's vitally important for the believer. Not only that, it's important for us to understand the way we apply our faith and who we're trusting is important too because the Bible says in Psalms 118 and verse 8, it is better to trust in the Lord than put your confidence in man. So with that in mind, I want you to know your faith can be complicated at times. It's, it's a cliche thing when we say faith is easy and we have things on Pinterest we look at and read, and we say, yeah, that's my faith. But the reality is it's not that way at all when it comes to faith. Faith is hard, according to James. The Bible says that we have to have faith and nothing wavering. I don't know if I can do that all the time. And then faith takes work. Faith without works is dead. It's not an easy thing to have faith. When we were going through this with Logan, it was hard to continue to have faith, and it still is because we're not done yet. And and I know this too, faith is complicated because faith is something that we walk by faith and not by sight. So that's difficult. I like tangible things. I like to know what I'm getting myself into. And, And the faith is testing at times. And when it tests you, it tries you. And the trying your faith worketh patience. So what I'm saying is faith is a complicated thing. And because it's so complicated, we can see fractures within our faith begin to develop because of circumstances in our life. And when your faith starts to be fractured, what happens is you find yourself still going to church, you're still worshiping, 
You're still reading. You're probably still praying. All those things are still happening in your life. It's just you just don't believe it the same. You don't know if he's a good, good father. I don't know if I can trust in the Lord with all my heart. I, I don't know when I pray and bow my head before God that I'm really believing what I'm saying and if he's really going to come through for me. That's fractured faith. And I know there's some here today that may be experiencing that fractured faith. So what I want to do on this first day of Thrive Church is I want to focus on that fractured faith. And I want to look at a couple of people in the Bible. And it's found in John chapter 11. And uh, it's Mary and Martha. And these two individuals, um, they had some fractured faith. And of all people, I would have never thought they were experiencing fractured faith because they were such close friends with Jesus Christ. So I want to do this. I want you to read with me. Uh, John chapter 11 and uh, verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and the sister of Martha. And then the Bible says that Mary, which anointed the Lord with an ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. It was this Mary and this Martha that was close to Jesus to the extent that she wept and worshipped at his feet. And I, if I had hair, I just probably would never do what she did with my hair, anointing the feet of anybody and wiping it up, sopping it up with my hair. If I had hair, I'd be taking care of that hair. But the fact of the matter is, this moment in her life was so intimate. It was to say, I love you. You're more than just a friend. And these are the people that were focused on that had fractured faith. Let me put it this way. Problems create fractures. How many would agree with me on that way? Problems create fractures. Fractured faith always begins with a problem. Uh, just like this morning, that, that uh, podium. I look at this, and I know you're going to cringe when I say this, but... This is a beautiful mirror, isn't it? It's a beautiful mirror. It's a handcrafted Amish mirror. It was made in such a way that the Amish were very specific about every part of it, from the hinge to the cut at the bottom. It had a creator, and the creator knew exactly what they wanted that mirror to look like. God Almighty is our creator. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And when we look in this mirror, we see our reflection in a very large spot on the nose. <laughs> and the reflection shows us who we are. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. When I look in this mirror and I see my reflection, I realize that I am created by God. This is the way I'm supposed to look, regardless of what my nose looks like. This is the way life was supposed to be. But there's problems that arise in our life, and we can't get away from those problems. And when those problems come in our life, whether it be sickness, disease, maybe it's finances, it makes us not look the same. We don't look at ourselves the same. Our identity's changed. Our problems affected us because we can't see ourselves the same way. Life looks different. And let me say this. Those, li those life problems are always... Wow. That's Amish made. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it ugly? I want it to smash. I want it to fall apart. But I didn't want it to completely fall apart because this is the reason why. I want you to see that this doesn't look the same for me when I look in that mirror. It's not pleasant. 
It's disturbing to think that this once showed a reflection that made sense, and now nothing makes sense because of a problem. And fractures begin to form. Some pieces begin to fall. And let me say this about problems. When those problems occur, when these problems happen, we feel as if maybe we're the only ones going through it. Nobody else understands where you're at. I, I, I know this, fractured faith always begins with a problem, but fractured faith also creates pain. I can handle, um, I can handle getting a cut and getting stitches. I can handle, um, I could probably, I did all right with an ingrown toenail. I've done that. That's not a big deal. I could probably handle little things like that, but when it comes to a broken bone or a fracture, I can't handle that. I can't even begin to imagine the pain because I never had it, nor do I want it. I never want to experience that. Because when it comes to a fracture, it's usually because of a trauma, overuse, or maybe a disease in the bone which causes it to begin to crack. It's unforeseen. Our faith is the same way, though. When we have problems come in our life and we don't see them coming, what happens is that trauma begins to put fractures in our faith. And sometimes we're blindsided by it, and it hurts because it's from a friend or a family member. They create problems. Life is so much easier by yourself. I'm going to tell you that. Sometimes it feels like that. But life is better together. And though those people in your life create bigger problems and, and they create circumstances that feel like they're causing fractures because of the way you were raised, or maybe the church you attend has caused you to burn out, be overused, and just like a fracture begins because you're overused, you find yourself backing up and saying, I just don't know if I want to continue in this. I have fractures, and it hurts. And maybe nobody's to blame. Maybe it's something in your own life. Maybe it's a, a sin, like a disease that gets in the bone and causes those fractures. And maybe you're the one to blame. Maybe your fractured faith is because you have allowed the world to influence you, not necessarily it wasn't necessarily because of problems within the church. I know the problem here in John chapter 11 is because of sickness, and it was a sickness unto death. And what happens in the next, now let's just go through this together, okay? We call this a Bible study. There's a lot more preaching than Bible study here. In John chapter 11, verse 3, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. So we got a problem that's creating fractures, and now we see the plead. And the plead came with a desperation. Have you ever been so desperate in the midst of your problem, you said things to God you never thought you would ever say? You made promises you knew you could never keep. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking to yourself, that's not me, not at this point. Well, if you wait long enough, if the problem is desperate enough and the plead is desperate enough, you will make some decisions in your prayer life that you may not be able to follow through with. And so here they are. They're so desperate. They sent a messenger that traveled around a day's journey, 20 miles, and makes the plead that the one you love is sick. His name is Lazarus, and you need to intervene because Mary and Martha are calling for you. And the pleading came with a reminder. It wasn't just a desperation. There was a reminder here. They said, he's the one you love. Have you ever found yourself praying and reminding God that I am somebody that has served you intentionally, deliberately. I've sacrificed a lot in my life to serve you. You love me. I love you. We're in this together, you know? I, I need to remind you, and there's been many in biblical history that have reminded God 
of their service and what they've done for him and saying, I need you to show up. I'm one of yours. Why aren't you moving right now? I have a problem and I'm really, really questioning my faith right now. And I'm so desperate for you to show up. I don't know what else to do. I need you to make a move because what I'm dealing with, it hurts. It's painful. The problem, it's killing me. It's killing my family. And so the bleed comes with desperation and a reminder that we, we're one of yours. You love Lazarus. We've been in that this, at this for a long time. I, I grew up in Alabama and my closest friend was Bubba. Can you imagine having your closest friend being Jesus Christ? The benefits that come with Jesus Christ being your closest friend. The one that healed the sick, turned the water into wine, fed the 5,000, raised the dead. But Bubba, the most beneficial thing he gave me was the ability to know how to teepee a house well. That was it. That's all he brought to the table. But when you have the very son of God by your side walking through life with you, you are naturally going to say, I need you to pay attention to where I'm at because you've been a crucial part of my life. And I have been serving you without question. And so here he is hearing this desperate call, this pleading. And now Jesus has to make a decision, which brings me to the next verse. Y'all with me? John chapter 11 and verse 4, when Jesus heard that he, he said this in verse 11, chapter 11 and verse 4, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard there, therefore that he was sick, and this is the interesting part, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. I've been on vacation, and I literally was at the end of my vacation, and began to think it would be nice to stay another two days. You know what I'm talking about? You've been there? But if I got word that my mom was sick, I would not consider staying a couple of more days. Now, there is some family members that I would def definitely consider staying a couple of more days, regardless of what they're going through. If the, the sun was shining and the weather was great, I would definitely consider it. But in this situation, I'm thinking to myself, why did you pause? You see the problem. You see the plead. And you even said, I love Martha, I love Mary, and I love Lazarus, but I'm going to stay two more days. So he pauses. And here's the interesting thing about the pause. There's a difference between an intentional pause and an accidental pause. This was an intentional pause. It was with purpose. Now, when I'm sitting on the couch and uh, Reagan's at the house, we watch movies, hung out together. And uh, when I'm with my kids and I'm laying on the couch and watching a movie and the, and the movie pauses, Ellie knows what I'm talking about, and I get really upset. I'm like, who has the remote? Who, who just paused the movie? I'm upset because the movie is not supposed to be paused at this very moment. And then Ellie will say, Dad, it's you. And I'm like, no, it's not me. You have the remote. Who has the remote? Kristen has the remote. And I just go on and on until I finally realize that my very large, my very large self has rolled over on the remote. And I am the one that paused the movie. It was not intentional. It was accidental. And what that caused is a lot of misunderstanding and friction and problems. But Jesus didn't work that way. It was intentional. When I get up off the couch and I pause the movie... 
intentionally because I have to use the bathroom for the 15th time during a one-hour movie. It's intentional because I don't want to miss anything that's going on. Are you following me? There's a difference between intentionally pausing and accidentally. Jesus was intentional. It was with purpose. And with that in mind, there was a reason behind that. There's a difference between intentional pause and accidental pause because the intentional pause comes with a reason. Jesus made an intentional decision to pause and let Lazarus die. And my mind begins to wonder in my own life, how many times has Jesus paused in the midst of my plead and allowed things to happen and get worse and me start looking like that? And my face starts fracturing and I'm thinking, why? What are you doing? I have pleaded to you. I've asked you to intervene and you're nowhere to be found. Fractured faith causes us to struggle to put weight on what we once were able to put weight on and believe in because it hurts. When you have a fracture, you're just not able to walk the same. And even when you heal, it's not the same. I'm going to tell you, I've prayed before and not seen God show up. I've prayed and asked God to make a move and he didn't make a move. And at those moments when I'm praying about a new situation, I struggle in my faith and I get fractures in my faith because it's those moments that I'm like, you're doing it again. You're pausing. You're not moving. I need you. And I'm having a hard time believing in you because it hurt last time. And I didn't figure it out last time why you made that decision to pause. And here I am again. How many know what I'm talking about? The pause was intentional, but in the midst of the pause, as hard as it is, God was working. When you're waiting, God's working. Remember, intentional means that it was done with purpose, and this intentional pause's purpose is found in the next portion of Scripture, verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. I know God's going to receive glory for what He allows in my life. But I'll tell you what I want. I want to receive some good. I hope the purpose in the midst of my problem and the wait, the pause, brings some really good stuff my way. Because I want God to receive glory, but I need some relief. And so here we find ourselves with this next portion of Scripture, seeing that the pause was with purpose. God promises will come through, but it's not always in your time. God's promise to us is true, even when your fractured faith is more evident than His working will. And so right here in this passage of Scripture, it says, His sickness is not unto the death, but this is the reality. It's for the glory of God. I have a bigger purpose in mind. The hardest thing to understand is God is already working in the midst of your problem, in the midst of your prayer. He's doing something. But this pause causes our fractures and our faith to spread even more. It makes it where we are beginning to say, God, if you don't show up right now, I just want to quit. Because I am tired of declaring the goodness of God when I'm not experiencing it in my own life. I need you to make a move. I need to see the purpose behind this. Some of you right now, and I'm going to say this because I believe there's some in here that are experiencing some fractures in your faith because you have a problem 
And in the midst of your problem, you've been pleading. But there's been a long, long, long pause. And you haven't seen God show up just yet. It's like you're knocking, as the Bible says, knock and the door shall be open unto you. And that tense means just keep on knocking. But for whatever reason, he's not opening the door. And you've tried to open the door. You've tried to bypass his pausing and whatever he's working on, whatever his reasons are. And it don't work that way. You have to step back and let God finish what he's doing in the midst of the pause. If you come to my house and I say to be there at 1 o'clock and you show up at 1230, I'm probably going to make you wait outside. And this is the reason why. A couple of reasons why. Stephen Douglas, you know this. There's a couple of reasons why. Because one, I want to make sure the house is clean. Because I have dogs and I want to clean up all the dog hair and I want to make sure things smell right. And I have a diffuser going and I have Ellie scrubbing the toilet. And Christian, if I can get him off the computer, he's going to sweep him off the floor. We've got purpose going on behind that door. And not only that, to protect you. Because I got a dog named Hank and he's huge and he will eat you. And I don't want you to experience something bad by you walking in too soon. And I'm afraid that people don't understand when it comes to God, it's the same way. In the midst of the pause, God is working. And what he's working on is for your good and his glory. And if you give him the right amount of time and not force it, it's going to work out in such a way that it's going to be good for you and safe for you. And you're going to enjoy it in the end. Are you all following me? This is very personal for me because I know in my life I've had to wait on God for so many things. I, I see joy here from Alabama. You've been through a lot. You've had to wait on God for with your cancer, with your husband, with your family, your church. It's not easy. When you got a problem, you want it fixed now. But there's got to be a purpose and there's got to be a wait because God is working through it all. Fast forward with me, okay? Let's look at verse 20 of chapter 11. And let's see what happens when, when he shows up, Jesus. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Now it gets crazy because she's upset. So here we are in verse 20. Martha shows up. Mary's in the house. She says, no way. I'm not going out there. I'm not going to do it. So she stays in the house. Martha goes out to him and says, Jesus, where were you? He's dead. It's already done. Where were you? If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Like he didn't already know that. But she has to inform him just like all of us do. If you would have just worked in this time frame, it would have been just fine. But where were you? You paused. Two more days, was it worth it? Was it good for you to stay two more days? Mary don't even want to talk to you. Now, I can relate to this because it's at those moments in my life that I don't want to talk to God that my wife has to say, did you pray? And I'm like, I don't want to pray. Have you ever been in a place in your life you didn't want to talk to God? You're liars. You're all liars. Glad you're here today. The fact is, we've all been there. You don't want to pray because he didn't work your way. So Mary's staying in the house. Martha's confronting the Son of God. Then said Martha unto Jesus, this shows it's fractured faith, not necessarily shattered. Then in verse 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother, what would have happened? He wouldn't have died. He would have been alive, but here it is. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it thee. In other words, 
I have some fractures in my faith because I've been waiting for days for you to make a move. I have a problem, and this is what it's done. I watched my brother die and suffer beforehand, but I sent a plead out. I prayed, and you didn't show up, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And now you're here. And whatever reason you paused, you're here. And I still believe you have a purpose. You have a purpose. And I have fractions of my faith, but I still believe you can do something. I'm going to tell you, don't quit on God. In the midst of your problems, don't quit on God. Because if it's just a fracture, things have not fallen apart just yet. You're not thrown in your faith. You have to continue to believe because this is what happens. Fractures in our faith stop spreading when we start believing in his purpose. She was believing. She says, I know even now, if you ask God, something can happen. He's already dead. Lazarus already dead. But she says, I know now. Beyond the sickness, you can make a move and make something happen. That's that little mustard seed of faith. I haven't lost it just yet. Jesus said to her, if you skip forward in verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. Like, whoa, I believe. I have faith, but I'm thinking now. I'm thinking. I'm really thinking this one through. That's not a good idea. And then Jesus reminds her in the very next portion of Scripture. Jesus saying, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Wait, you're, you're questioning me now that I'm showing what I'm about to do? I'm, I'm about to increase your faith and you're questioning on how I'm going to do it? You, you mean it's not according to your way? You thought I was just going to snap my fingers or something? You didn't think I need to do it this way? And this is what happens when you don't trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on to him instead of your own understanding. You start questioning the way God is working, but he's a mysterious God and it don't always go your way. It goes his way. And that's confusing at times. He said, move the stone. Get it out of the way. Trust me. Don't try to figure it out. Just move the stone because the stone represents unbelief. It's not your way of seeing the healing or the resurrection of Lazarus. It's my way of working, and it may not add up to what you think. Martha, struggling with her faith, still believed God and moved forward with the idea that this is possible for God to move, even though it isn't the way I'm thinking it should be done. So she prods them. Let me tell you something. Through biblical history, multiple people have stopped and questioned if God was doing it the right way. John the Baptist, he said about Jesus, should we look for another? I'm in prison. My life looks messed up. I'm going to lose my head. I just don't know about this whole Jesus movement that's going on. Is he the right one? You're not the only one that's questioned God. Elijah questioned God. Am I the only one that's remaining? Am I the only one that's serving? Thomas said, I'm not going to believe Jesus rose from the dead unless I see for myself something tangible, unless I can see the holes. We have seen this throughout history, the struggle to believe God in the midst of our fractured faith. And even when God shows his purpose and start believing in what he's showing us, we tend to step back and go, 
I just don't know if that's the way it should go down. But they moved the stone, and I love this part because fractures in our faith stop spreading when God starts revealing his purpose. I want to see him move. I don't want to just pray. I don't want to just fast. I don't want to just weep. I want to see action. And I know there's a pause, but I know in the end there is a purpose, and I want to see God work it all out. And so here it is. They removed the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always. And then he said, but because of the people that which are standing, I said unto thee, I'm messing this all up, that thou may believe in him. In other words, the people that are here that are amongst us, what you're about to do is not just for Mary and Martha. It's not just for Lazarus is about to come forth. It's for everybody that's staying around to increase their faith and belief. And when they moved the stone, it's interesting that he clarified before they even did that, I thank thee that thou hast heard me in my prayer. He's already had a meeting with the Heavenly Father. He already knew the problem. He already knew the answer and what his purpose was. And he made intercession for Mary and Martha. And the decision was already made that great glory was going to come from this. And it was going to be healing beyond what we've ever seen before. Because it's not a healing of sickness. It's a resurrection of a, a dead man to life. And at that moment, the people stood back and saw the movement of God. I know in my life that the fractures that I'm experiencing start to move when I allow those problems to consume me and I become anxious and depressed and overwhelmed. But when I can step back and watch God move and trust Him, the fractures stop spreading. And you're in the pause right now. And you're struggling a little bit. Would you raise your hand and say, Pastor Dave, that's me. I am struggling. I see that. Is there somebody else says, I'm struggling in this pause. Whatever it is, wherever you're at, I'm going to ask you to do this right now. Say, God, I'm giving it to you because if I don't give it to you right now, my life is going to fall apart. It's going to be shattered. There's fractures right now. But I can stop it. And I need you to help me. I need you to show up and reveal yourself. I'm going to pray with you. And then when I say amen, I want you to do this with us. I want you to sing the song Waymaker. And I want you to stand to your feet as we pray right now, if you would. And as we pray together, I want you just, whatever it is in your life, as you stand to your feet, just give it to God and say, God, as he prays, I'm praying. I'm asking you to take this. Take the lead. Stop the fractures. As we stand together, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we commit this time to you as we close out whatever the fractures are in our life. Help us to rely on you and trust you that you're working. You have a purpose. You have an idea that we can't even begin to understand. You're intentional. And it's for your glory and our good. And when we wait, we'll see you work. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.